Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome guys to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. This week's one is a rather uh, sombre affair compared to the comedy one last week. Um, This is the anniversary of, it's been six years since um, Greg Lake passed away uh, from pancreatic cancer. He was the founding, one of the founding members of King Crimson, um, the, the sort of one of the very first prog rock bands of the of the of the genre in the UK he went on to record on uh, Hall of the Crimson King in the court of the Crimson King sorry um, the first album because he was a, a friend of Robert Fripp the musical genius that is the backing of that band um, and he'd been recording since he was or he'd been playing guitar since he was a seven um, and he wrote his first song at 12 at the age of 12 oh lucky man uh, or Lucky Man, which is a, a brilliant song. We'll talk about that in a minute. He then left King Crimson t- to um, join Keith Emerson and um, Palmer, Greg Palmer, uh, on um, for ELP. Did I just say Greg Palmer? I think I just said, I said Greg Palmer, didn't I? Oh my God! Honestly, truly, some days it's Carl Palmer. I don't know, I say Greg Palmer. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking Greg Lake when I... Uh, Greg was in my head. Um, he's been in my head for a, for a very long time, uh, sadly. So that's why this episode is about that. So yes, he left He left um, King Crimson to form ELP, or Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Uh, Carl Palmer on drums, Keith Emerson on, on keyboards, and Greg Lake was a guitarist, singer, bass and bassist. Um, now... They're very important. They're an important band for the fact, or he's an important musician for the fact that uh, you know, from the age of sort of twelve, he wrote. He'd been writing his own music. So, Lucky Man was the first thing he wrote um, on guitar, and he's that, that. That's on 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 one of the on one of the uh, that's on Braden Salad Surgery, I think. I have to double check that. Um, anyway, so. I'm a bit somber because I'm quite sad today because, uh, you know, he sort of, you may know, you know by now, you listen to enough of my shows that um, I like a bit of prog and I do, I do, and I really do. It's sort of one of my um, passions in life. So I want some tea, one second. And tea is as well, of course. One moment. Um, and he was such a gifted musician, you know, born in Dorset. Um, you know, he was born in Dorset on the 10th of November 1947 in Poole in Dorset which is a very nice part of southern England it's a beautiful part of the world if anyone gets a chance to go there to Dorset I used to go there with school on school holidays um, school trips and stuff it's really really lovely he was born Gregory Stewart Lake and uh, yeah sadly he died of pancreatic cancer in 2016 on the 7th of December so this episode will go out then this is the reason I'm doing this uh, I know it's a heavy metal podcast and I know I sort of veer off the path every now and again but this is important for me because 
Um, he's an important member, part of my musical DNA and the musical DNA of a lot of people. And so I thought it was just fair that we should pay tribute to him. Now, this isn't going to be a long podcast, guys. It's not going to go on for ages. I just want to, I just really want to, to sort of talk about him first, why he's important, and then probably go, well, in the, on the other side, we'll chat about some of the, the, the essential listening um tracks from him and his solo career and, and his and his career with with both um crimson and uh elp now most people remember him for i believe in father christmas and i i don't know if you know i love christmas and it's actually my favorite christmas song not because it's greg lake it's just one of my favorite christmas songs which we'll talk about i said on the other side we'll get to that soon okay now he'd also recorded with the greats of we did three albums with gary moore He's worked with um, when when Carl Palmer couldn't um, be on board. He reformed ELP, but it was it was um, with um, Powell, Cozy Powell. Was he looking for a P? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe at his age, he probably was always looking for a P. You know. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, Greggy. Now, um, numerous musicians have paid tribute to him. Okay. Uh, and like Stephen Hackett, Rick Wakeman, Ringo Starr, John Wetton, Mike Opus, uh, Mikhail Arkefelt. He he's a big prog fan now. People love Opus, don't they? And you know it's it's not a dirty word. Jeffrey Tolsey and Anderson, you know, and so on. He was survived by his wife Regina and his daughter Natasha. Um, had married for a long time, and it's a lovely thing to sit here that in the music industry, right? So he started out, in his very first um, single was in 1967 with a band called The Shame. Don't go away, little girl, dreams don't bother me. I mean, he would have started off, like a lot of people did back then, at the, at the arse end of the flower power era, um, when it was all sort of um, seven-inch singles, more sold more than records, albums, and so you, you basically made, you just made singles. Uh, and then he was then he was in 1968 with a band called The Shy Limbs and a single called um, Love. Um, the B cycle Reputation, and then he then he then joined the eponymous and wonderful King Crimson. So we'll get back to that stuff in a minute. So he, he's 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 obviously he is. Um, he was, I should say, let's not say he is, although he is in my head still and is, you know, and people, even though they've passed on, they're still um, there for you, so they're forming there still and is, you don't want to sort of say there were a was. Um, anyway, he is and or was um, one of those sort of, uh, you get them, you get them, in, you get them in all all forms of, in all genres of music, um, heavy metal, heavy rock, punk, blues, jazz, prog, Rock and roll, pop, hip hop—you get them everywhere. Um, the, the, those musicians that just seem to, you know, they bleed the music. It's in their very DNA. You know where it—it's how like, I'd like to think that I am, and it's how I like to think my friends are. I know my good friends John uh, and Parksy and Matt and all those people, Benji. It—it's it, really important to them. It's something that defines them um as 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 human beings and it's people that saying that defines them as their um as our i should say our um i don't know how our our visceral our our, our spirit i think is the right word i'm trying to think of and uh, he's one of those ones, you know. You get musicians, you know the ones. They're they're all around everywhere. They 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 play a bit. Don't really they you know don't really care too much. A bit of fiddle around a bit, play some notes. They've gifted enough to not even think about music. Whereas like someone like Greg, he he would have et, you know et, slept and shat. You know that's what he would have done. He would have done everything when it comes to the um, the tunes in his head and the notes in his fingers. And uh, there are very few like Greg, very, very few um, that were of that era. Because, you know, um, think about, you know, I was listening to a good podcast, in fact, yesterday with um, uh, the founding, you know, with um, Francis Rossi from, um, from um, 
status quo. And he's the same era as Greg. In fact, born about the same year, I think. And uh, he himself is exactly the same as Greg because when you came out of post-war, and not so much now because um, the life is, in most parts of the world, and in most times, and I'm not saying everyone, it's easier to live. Uh, and you've got more opportunities. You know, you can change university degree, a drop of a hat, you can come out and go back in, you can learn new things. The internet is, um, you know, there's a great word, one of my favorite words, which is autodidact. Now, an, auto, an autodidact is probably about 90% of us now. 90% of us, I would say, are autodidacts. That's someone who learns on their own. Um, and with the internet creates a, a vast uh, array of autodidactism. And I think when back then, when like Rossi and Lake and 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 you know Ozzy and and Lemmy and, and all the all the names you can chuck out at us from that era of that time, there was only really unless you were very wealthy and had a really good, re, you know, good um, thorough you know thorough upbringing, the only way out was either acting or music, and acting was harder. Um, Whereas music, you could you could be on your own. You could pick a cheap guitar up from a second hand store, like I did. I got my first guitar from a um, the um, Oxfam shop, which is like the thrift shop in Golders Green. I had one pickup, and my brother um, wired in the second one for me. It was a satellite. It's a very nice guitar. I wish I still had it. I loved that little thing. I threw it. I, I knocked that thing around like it was going out of fashion. Now, you could do that on your own, and then, and then, if you felt, you know, so inclined, and you had friends who were the same, you could create stuff together. And there is something about that's why I love doing this podcast. One of the most meaningful things I've ever done in my life is podcast because um, it's a, a creativity. It's an outlet of creativity. Now, yes, I did go to art college, and yes, people look, you know, I mean, Ben's your level of a laugh. We went to art college. Um, how'd you get in? I found the door. You know that one. Um, look, so I was originally a painter and a sculptor, uh, and yeah, creative and music. I just like creativity in general, and I love writing as well now for someone. And again, I'm dyslexic, so um, if people say to you, you can't do something, you can tell them to fuck off because you can do anything you want, mate. And I'm not trying to be, do it, you know, be the best man you can be, motivational speaking. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you know where your limits are and you know where you can go. And most of the time, it's endless. So, well, back what I was going to say. So, you know, um, you can pick it up and you can make mates. You can and it, you create friends and you create music. And you might just be a cover. You might just be a covers band, and that's a beautiful thing. But you also might be like Greg, and you might want to just write beautiful music that's in your soul. And lucky man, and I'll talk about. We'll talk about it in the second half. His songs, but he's such a gifted man. Now, he then came across. He jumped from the singles pop um world at the end of the at the end of the hippie movement into um you know a complex um jazz fusion um progressive rock mixed with classical music um you know that now to some people out there listening to this podcast they might roll their eyes and go i can't i'm not doing that i can't do it and i don't i don't blame you um it's not for everyone if you just want um, I mean, it's equivalent to like having a, you know, I don't know how to say this, but it's it's, it's like um, meaningful sex and and a quick screwy in a toilet in a club, right? There's the different things. You if you want gratification quickly, well then you've got it. But if you want, you know, um, uh, a more interesting and enjoyable experience that's gonna that you're gonna remember forever, uh, you might have to work at it. And and that sort of I don't know if that if that analogy worked, but I don't know where. Yeah, possibly it didn't work. <laughs> but anyway, you know what I mean. You know what I mean, geezers, right? You know what I mean, right? Um, I said geezers. Look at that. We watched an England game this morning and gone all English like geezer. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, it is what it is. So you 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 have to work on it. Some of that stuff. And when you do work on it, um, the uh, the stuff that, that comes through it's like looking at a great painting you can walk in a gallery and I've done this with many friends of mine you walk through a gallery and you'll 
a cursory glance at something just because you're walking past and you'll get that oh yeah that's a picture of a tree or oh yeah that's a painting of a of a, of a house but then if you sit down in front of it you get much much more out of it same as savoring a glass a very good glass of whiskey you know you don't just mix a, a, a 30 year old single malt into a coke unless you're mad you know and down it neck it like it's going like it's milk you you know you um you sit with it you open it up you let it stay with you for a little while and you enjoy the the experience and this is exactly the same with what i feel was what greg was starting to do with the music he was producing with crimson and um erp now if you listen to my prog episode way back when i first started um, you'll notice that, um, as I mentioned, prog is something was it was a sort of reaction, like punk was a reaction, like heavy metal was a reaction. It's a reaction to the moment around you. And musicians who were very gifted musicians were feeling that they were lost to the world of pop music because they didn't want to make three-minute pop songs. They had far more superior um, quality in them. I don't know if that's the right word, but or right sentiment, but you know it's what they would have thought. They felt a bit lost. I wanted to make more um, classically driven jazz fusion blues stuff. So Greg's there and he's extremely gifted. I mean, he plays the bass. He's got a beautiful voice. I think one of my, the things about Greg Lake that um, that draws me back to him all the time, A, his boundless imagination and, and, and uh, wondrous thrill at wanting to do something all the time different. Um, but also his beautiful voice. He's got one of my, I think, one of the greatest, one of the greatest voices in rock. And I hate the word rock in rock, you know, baby. No, no, you know what I mean. In modern music, I think, in post-war. This say post-war um, popular music. I think that's probably the better genre to fit that into. Um, yeah. So he joins. He joins the LP. He meets these three nutters, right? And and. To be fair, he's gone from King Crimson, um, which, you know, if anyone's ever listened to In the Court of the Crimson King, uh, it is a wild ride. It is an absolutely crazy wild ride. Everyone knows the cover. I'll, you know, know, as soon as you see it, you'll know it. I'll put a link to it in the the description in the show notes if I get a chance. but it was a genre-defining album. Robert Fripp is a genius. He's an absolute genius. All right. Yes, he does that stuff. He's married to Toya Wilcox now and does that strange, crazy stuff in lockdown with her and whatever. I mean, whatever rocks your boat, man. I mean, if I was married to Toya Wilcox and she looked that good at her age, I don't think I'd be making videos. Well, not those kind of videos, anyway. <laughs> She's gorgeous. I've always loved Toya. It's actually my um, oldest brother's favourite my older brother's favourite singers and we used to sit um, in his bedroom listening to Toya all the time I used to love the artwork I just loved it I love her punk attitude uh, her sexy little lisp I just loved Toya in general but anyway side note side note it's with Robert Fripp King Crimson amazing album although if I wanted to be honest my favourite Crimson album is Red that's just a side note if you want to go and check it out and listen to it it's the hardest one that they made. So off he comes and he goes and makes, he joins this crazy bunch of guys. He makes it just a trio. Now trios are musically, uh, in my, they're actually some of my favourite bands are trios, okay? Um, you know, ELP, um, Motorhead. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of others now. I've got all oh, the police. There's, a, there's loads of them, okay? So tight, very, very tight bands. And... Um, keep I mean, keep Emerson on the keyboards. He 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 passed away a little while ago now. Um, he had a lot of pain. He took his own life. He was in a lot of pain. Um, sad story. Uh, but Keith Emerson, as keyboard players go, is what I would say, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the most dangerous musicians ever to have stood on a stage. And I don't mean dangerous as in they're going to shoot you or stab you or jump in the audience and smash you in the face or hit each other. No, that he's just the most musically dangerous man I've ever watched musically. Like, I've never watched him live. I sadly never saw him live. Um, but he had this 
danger, this craziness to him. He could, he would um, play these, um, you know, he would do fugues and uh, he would do sonatas and he would take classical pieces of music and like Jerusalem and things and he would, he, um, you know, not um, like church music and he would add these violent um, uh, electrical sounds because he was one of the first to use like the uh, a Moog and um, Mini Moog, sorry, and, and you know, and a, a Mellotron and a Leslie cabinet and he just he just did some and, and organs and church organs and like he span his organ around on the stage and pushed it off the edge of the stage he would jab knives into the he would use like he was just he was he was a he was a different kind of person and I think then you look over your shoulder and behind you you've got Carl Palmer on the drums and he he is well how do I he, Bill Bruford from uh, from Yes was was like an and Crimson, probably the greatest drummer of the twentieth century. And you then look over your shoulder and you've got Palmer, just like him. He's playing the he's like Neil Peart. Sorry, Neil Peart's close to him. Um, big splashy, open-shouldered drummer. Big sound, you know. He's got timpanis, he's got gongs, he's got rotating drum kits. I highly recommend you going and looking at um, Fanfare for the Common Man, Montreal 1977. It's on YouTube and watch him play. You will just be, it will blow your mind. And then, of course, then to the to the left, you center stage, you've got you've got Greg. There he is playing his bass or, or his guitar, and he's fitting into this fusion madness, this wildness. Um, but he also brings a sense of calm. He, you know, you, you'll you'll have Takata and it will be madness, like just musical mayhem that you think, I think I can't cope with it. And it will stop and suddenly you'll get a lovely song about his father. Or, you know, and, and you'll get a lovely sort of pastoral classical piece of music and then it'll go crazy volcano again. And then it will be, you know, it's just madness. And he, Greg, really, for me... Um, was the calming factor in that fiery sea that was ELP. And he really did um, tone down the madness that could possibly be uh, ELP, all right? Um, but, one second. I fixed this computer so it would not go into into safe mode, and it just keeps doing it. Um, there we go, there we go. Um, and some tea. So that that that's it really. That's that that's it. He was the calming factor in 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 the in the in that sea, in that sea of madness. Um, you know, they were the biggest band in the world at one time. They were huge tours. They were enormous. And this is a band wasn't playing three minute rock and roll songs. This is a band that was playing eleven minute, um, you know, fugal. Um, uh, Beethoven-inspired, Bach-inspired um, classical music with jazz and, and blues and rock and roll and crazy guitars and weird, you know, wah-wah and, 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 and bass wah and Leslie cabinets and whirring all over the place and Carl Palmer, you know, using... God, which is crazy. And I bloody love it because it's crazy and that's what I love about it. Anyway, that's, that's the brief history of, of why I love Greg. Okay, so we're going to now take a break. I'm going to get some more drink. We'll come back and talk the other side about. I'll just give you a quick rundown of the song, the albums, albums and songs that I would pick for you to listen to, um, if you don't know much about him. And then I'll let you go on your way and enjoy um, what is the history, you know, the memory of a great man. And I'm going to spend my day listening to the grim, the a gremio, uh, a gremlin, a memory of a great man. Anyway, I will talk to you on the other side, on the other side guys. Bye for now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back, guys, to side two, part two of the show of the little bit of a tribute to Greg Lake, he of Emerson Lake and Palmer, who passed away 2016 on this day, December the 7th, from pancreatic cancer. Um, if you haven't been listening to the first half, that's weird. <laughs> but the second half is just basically, I'm just going to talk about his albums and the singles and the songs I recommend. But let's just quickly go on his, do a quick rundown of his career so you can basically get an idea. So in the court of the Crimson King, wow, I said it correctly without stuttering. Um, that was with King Crimson. So in sixteen, from sixty nine, um, you have you get Epitaph by. He was also on Epitaph in King Crimson as well, but it's a live album, so we don't want to talk about that one. Let's just get Emerson Lake. So nineteen seventy, the first album, Emerson Lake and Palmer. Then you have one of my favourite albums, which is Tarkus, which is one of the craziest covers of all time. Check it out. Um, an armadillo on a tank, or an armadillo tank, I should say. Um, you then have, I'm not, I'm not going to do live albums because there's lots of them. Uh, you have Trilogy, which is a studio album. The classic brain salad surgery with the, with the um, Geiger alien artwork on the front with the, with the trifold art opens up on the vinyl, which is a beautiful, beautiful album. Um, Welcome back. And then you've got um, uh, Works Volume 1 and Volume 2. One of the worst albums of all time, unfortunately, made by this band, uh, Love Beach. Uh, one of the worst covers of all time. I wouldn't ever go near it, but, uh, you know, I don't, want to, I don't want to take you that route. It's just a bad album. Um, and then, then we look at... Then he did Greg, uh, in 1981, he did Greg Lake, which is his first studio album with Gary Moore. And then he did a really weird one with Gary Moore as well called King Biscuit Flower Hour Presents Greg Lake in Concert. It's a very strange one. Um, and then Maneuvers, which is another great uh, album with Gary Moore. Uh, and that was in 83. Then 86, which he released Emerson, Lake and Powell, as I talked about before. Uh, it was a studio album with um, Cozy Powell. Not quite the same drummer as, Greg, uh, as Carl Palmer, but, you know, he's got that splashiness. Um, and really... You know, there isn't much more after that. Much more after that, he spent most of his time. Um, he did a couple. He did um, Ride the Tiger with Jeff Downs. Um, he did um, Black Moon back with Palmer again. They re reformed in, 80, in, 80, in 92. Emerson, they can Palmer make Black Moon. That's not an album I know that well, I have to tell you. Um, and then after that, you, you got another 
um, Palmer album, which I quite like, In the Hot Seat, which is 94. Uh, very modern sounding. It's a bit like the later um, Rush albums. Um, and that's, you know, and then you go... But he did a lot of live albums. I'm trying not to, to bring up the live albums because he's done a lot of them, okay? Anyway, that's that's the albums, but what albums would I pick? Well, I think if you wanted to start somewhere and go, well, okay, I want to hear... Uh, uh, let's, let's, let's go and listen to the history of the of the man. I'd do Oh Lucky Man for... Oh, sorry, Oh Lucky Man. That's a movie. I keep forgetting. That's a, that's a really brilliant movie. Now, that Lucky Man um, is the one you, you want to look for. Um, is the first song now it's not typical crazy in your face prog music because he wrote it when he was 12 and that genre did not exist then it's just a beautiful lyric um, and it was recorded um, with a Moog synthesizer for the solo uh, it was um, it's from their first album the, I would say like, I thought it was from Brain Salad Surgery I was wrong sorry it's from the Emerson Lake Apollo the first album from 1970 uh, it, the single itself reached number 20 in the Netherlands um, it did well okay in the States as well and Australia uh, it's a, it was got a B-side of Knife Edge which people really like I people love that song I, I'm more of a the lucky man they, they've got it under as a folk rock song uh, do I think it's a folk rock song yeah it probably is actually um, it's the first song he recorded because he learned it's he learned D, A minor, E minor, and G. He wrote the entire song in those four chords, and um, and it just it's beautiful. It shows the genius. If a twelve-year-old could write "Lucky Man," and I really, really uh, urge you to um, to listen to it, you're going to find it um, beautiful and moving. And it sort of tail ends his career, actually. I think because the next one I want to talk about. Um, is um, I believe in Father Christmas now very apt for this time of year alright very apt um, I it, it's a great Christmas song it was never really on an album it was on Works Volume 2 um, it's not really an album as such it's sort of bits and pieces but it's such an anti-Christmas song but a pro-Christmas song at the same time if you want to saw my Facebook page about the other day I posted about it the other day because I always put up on the first of Christmas first of December every year um, it, um, it it's got a beautiful guitar refrain in the middle I think it's a 12 string I'm not quite sure it's just gorgeous um, and it's sort of it's about the um, about the the the, the What's the word? Uh, it's about the contradictions of Christmas. You know, the beauty of Christmas. I believe in Father Christmas and all that. You know, um, I sat there with, the, uh, with tinsel and fire and excited eyes and so on. And then it also talks about, um, you know, war at Christmas and how we, we all, you know, wake up Christmas morning, look for our presents, eat our turkey or whatever you choose to eat, um, stuff ourselves with, with chocolates, fruit oranges and nuts and, and and you know watch the watch the queen what used to watch the queen's speech um but at the same time at the same time on that same day people were dying in war it is it's a really i hate the word hippie but it's quite a hippie song but at the same time it's really dark and very beautiful and it's how i feel about christmas every year anyway um it's just wonderful now it didn't do very well in the charts. It does. I find it irony, ironic now. I work in a, a mall, uh, in a store, and um, I can hear the Christmas music playing in the background. And you watch people walking through the mall, and they're listening to um, "I Believe in Father Christmas." They have no idea, no idea what it's actually about. You know, it's not the you know uh, facile inanities of. Of, of Mariah, Mariah Carey or even the joyful fun of Slade you know it's not like that it's a darker song it's so Greg Lake in that respect now we move on to another, one of my favourite albums of all time which is uh, Brain Salad Surgery as I said before it's got that um, crazy Geiger artwork that my brother had when I was a kid and I remember feeling um in awe uh, of it 
um, you know, opening. It's got a trifo cover, so you open the little little doors and see more of the Geiger artwork. Um, those who don't know who Geiger is, he um, he actually did all the artwork, all the alien designing for Alien. He, he also helped make the set. Now, side note on that, my uh, older brother um, helped paint the sets at Pinewood Studios when he was um, 18 um, for it was like a summer job but it was just to come and paint and he worked and he helped paint the um, the space jockey uh, you see in Alien and now it's one of those weird little things I'm very proud of um, because why wouldn't you be I mean I'm sure he is um, oh, bing. anyway so it was released on the on the nineteenth of November, nineteen seventy three. So I was only a few months old on Manticore Records, and distributed by distributed by Atlantic Records. Um, it was released in June and September. It was recorded in June and September of the same year. So recorded the same year, released the same year. Again, things that things like that don't happen anymore, do they? It's forty five minutes and two seconds long. It's produced by Greg. So he also produced the albums. A very clever man, um, and it's got. I'm going to go straight to. The, I'm going to go straight to the track listing so I can tell you what I want because I want to go. I don't, I'm not. These aren't a full review of each album. It's just highlights. Okay, um, the highlight is the opening track for me. Two minutes and forty-four is Jerusalem. With lyrics by William Blake. Now Jerusalem is a um, Anglican. British, it's a Church of England, it's a song, it's a church song, you know, it's, it's a hymn. Um, I actually really love British um, Church of England hymns, I really do. I'm not Christian, I don't go to church, I just think that they are. There's something like Bread of Heaven and um, Jerusalem, you know, that great line, I did those feet in, England, in ancient times walk upon England's mountains green. I mean... Bruce Dickinson's done a great version of it. Um, go and search that one out as well. That's that's you know brilliant um, on My Chemical Wedding. Um, now it's only a short piece of music, um, but it is followed by Toccata, which is an adapt adaptation of Gianestra's first piano concerto in fourth movement. So you know what I'm saying. This is really intelligent stuff. How the field arenas is beyond me because they were taking people's perceptions and changing it these weren't all people going to these arena concerts weren't all math students okay they weren't all philosophy students they were monty python fans they were they were genuine people off the street who liked this music which was crazy but follow that quickly by still you still you turn me on they i love that song they, i think of this album if i was gonna pick two tracks um of the first side it would be still you turn me on and um, jerusalem and then you've got i mean Man, you have to listen to Carnival Nine. First part impression, first two is in three movements. Um, first impression, second impression, third impression, uh, and it is just crazy batshit crazy. If you're gonna be stoned, ever gets ever ever gonna take something that's gonna alter your perception and whatever you do, fine by me. Um, just don't put it in your veins, whatever. Um, this stuff, this stuff is brilliant for that. It really is amazing for that. Okay. Um, now, that's that album. There's a lot more on it. It's a, there's not many tracks on it. It's this typical prog album, right? It's, it's a long... It's a short album with few tracks on it, but they're all long tracks, okay? They're my f picks from that album and my favourite album. If I was looking for albums then to... Um, if I was that, if I thought maybe that might be too scary for me, or someone might be too scary for the, to jump in such heaviness, um, go and grab the 1970 self-titled first album. All right, nice, very sort of sedate cover. Um, it's like a looks like a dove, a, a bird of, a, a oh, sorry, a peace dove on it. Um, it was released on the 20th of November 1970. And it was recorded the same year again. Um, it's in the hard rock, progressive, and classical themes. Forty-one minutes long. On the Island label, produced again by Greg Lake. Uh, you know, 
it you know it got to number four in the UK charts, number eighteen in the US charts. That's again crazy times we were living in. Um, Stephen Wilson, um, he of Stephen Wilson, has done a special edition of it, uh, or the five one one surround sound, and it's brilliant. I'm actually seeing Stephen um, when I'm back in the UK in February next year. Uh, as a, uh, I'm a, a, a very privileged to be one of a couple of hundred people to be in. Um, he's doing a recording um, chat, like a podcast chat, um, about the release of his new prog compilation album. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's at the um, that will be at the at the Rough Trade Records in Brick Lane, in East London. That's where my family are from, that part of the world. So that's really cool. Um, now the songs on this album. If you're going to pick songs on this album, mm, a tough one to pick. Uh, I'm going to say The Barbarian, which is basically an arrangement of Bella Bartok's 1911 piano ch- uh, piece, Allegro Barbero. Again, very intellectual. Don't be scared by this. Um, open up your eyes and you might find something that will really, um, really enjoy it. Bartok's widow contract, uh, contact, uh, contacted the band shortly after the album's release to request the credit be corrected because it was incorrectly written on the album cover. He want, they wanted the name of the full um, piece on there. Um, Take a Pebble was penned by Lake with a primary with a primary selection being jazz keyboard arrangements by Emerson and a middle selection being a folk guitar work by Lake. Water-like percussion effects from Palmer were plus um, plus bits of clapping and whistling were added. It's a beautiful album, very textured. It's, it it is what I would probably call um, proto prog. I think it's is it it's sort of like an entry level version of anything that Crimson would do. Um, or maybe even Van de Graaff Generator, sort of that sort of level of entry level. It's full of arpeggios. It's got a lot of four-four time polymetric, uh, polymetrical played um, parts in it. Um, polymetrically played repeated sequences in four-four time. That's what I wrote down. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be. You know, musoe, and it doesn't work, does it, guys? I mean, you. You know me. I mean the best. I want to say it, but it just wouldn't hit my. It was one of the first to use a, a Moog synthesizer or clavinet. Um, a lucky man, uh, which was written by him when he was twelve, as I mentioned before. Uh, it also is on the reissue for Brain Bal- Brain Salad Surgery. It was reissued in two thousand. Um, doesn't really matter, honest. To be fair. Um, Knife Edge, which was the B-side to oh, Lucky Man. Uh, is a Bach piece um, inspired a lot of his classical inspired pieces of music. This is Keith Emerson? Keith Emerson's um, fingers are in that one. Uh, I think Greg himself just liked to play music, whereas Emerson was very, um, very tortured, very deep human being. And you've seen the interviews with him. Um, as I said to you before, on the other side, he's a violent. He's probably the most violent and uh, and. and um, strange musicians uh, along like along like with people like Frank Zappa that you although I find Zappa hard to um, dive into as Emerson's work particularly on the soundtracks he did with um, for horror movies with Dario Argento just beautiful does stuff with, with Goblin just amazing Goblin are a great Italian prog band all it's all um Instrumental, but it mainly soundtrack work with, and the soundtrack to, as I mentioned before, to Profondo Rosso, which is Deep Red or Suspiria, is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, and so you know, I mean, uh, there's a obligatory drum solo from Palmer on the album, and you know, you've got Promenade, uh, which again is another classically piece of music inspired music. So you c- you can see where it's coming from. Now, let's go to Tarkus. As I told you, Tarkus is one of my favourite albums. Released, let's have a look. Released in 1971, actually. So their period of, of, of most, obviously, of their big sort of creative period is the early 70s. Um, January the, June the 14th, 1971. It was recorded in January and February of the same year. Uh, it's on Island Records and produced by Greg Lake. Well, tick every box there, isn't it? It went to number one in the UK albums chart. Yeah, peaked at number nine. Reached number 12 in Canada and uh, on two occasion, occasions tra- uh, totaling of four weeks. It's amazing. Now, the artwork. Now, it is a armadillo turned into a tank on the front. 
It's a crude painting. It was um was made by Neil uh, William Neil, um, and it's it's a gatefold cover. I've got I've got the picture disc, the gatefold single fold, single fold. I've got the Australian, the German print. I've all got the CD. Um, could you you can't guess I really like this album, right? Okay. Um, it uh, it's meant to it's meant to represent um, Darwin's theory of evolution with the the um, the tank being an armored vehicle and the armadillo being an armored creature. Uh, I think it's really really a special special. Again, it's on Manticore record on the label. So uh, yourself check that label out. Very crazy label. Very crazy. Very crazy label. Um, track listing on this album. Tarkus, Eruption, but it was by Keith Moon and Emerson. It's 20 minutes and 57 seconds long. It's a suite of music. Don't put this on and go and think you're going to go and make a cup of tea and walk around the house. Um, like people do when they take LSD, they take it like my brother used to do. They sat there and they didn't go anywhere. They were the chair. This is the same with this piece of music. You put this on your right on your record deck as you should do on the vinyl, put the needle in the groove, sit back and let that wash over you. It's a, it's a special piece of music. All right. And it's followed by Stones of Years, Iconoclast. I love that. This just, wow. If you, if you were just to put that um, on a single, it's not a single kind of song but track, but it's it's a fantastic piece of music. One minute 16. It will just, it will blow you away, to be honest with you. It really will just blow you away. Um, and then you've got things like Manticore and Battlefield and Aquatarchus. Um Unlike a lot of um, prog rock albums, uh, you'll find that Emerson, Lake and Palmer never really were looking to try and write a concept album. I think this is as close to the concept albums you're going to get, uh, but I can't really, I mean, well, apart from the connection with Darwin, I don't really see it. It's one of the hardest albums they did, rock and roll wise. I think it's, it's, a, um, it's, it's a, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's horrible to think it might be lost to time if we don't keep listening to it because it is a, a preciously crazy album. Now let's move away. I mean, yeah, okay, you got trilogy. Now people love trilogy. Okay, I like trilogy. The artwork's good. It's got three of them painted on the front. Um, it was released on the third of July, nineteen seventy-two. Um, recorded the same year. Uh, Greg Lake produced Island Label. Um, now the tracks on it: The Endless Enigma, Fugue. Endless Enigma Part 2, From the Beginning, and Hoedown. They're all long songs, okay? Um, actually, no, they're not. Uh, sorry. Um, it's actually a short a short album. Um, it's only 22 minutes on one side, um, and it's 22 minutes on the other. So it's not a lot. I wouldn't call it a long, long song, but it, album, but it's it's there. Um, you do get uh, a, a fantastic version of the Bolero uh, on the, the fading track, 8 minutes and 8 seconds long on the B-side. Um, for me, for the beginning is probably the one from the beginning is the one I like um, to listen to on the album. If I'm going to switch through those songs, um, there was a brilliant track um, which I want to come, which I'm going to talk to you about now, which is actually my favourite of the of the sing, of, of individual songs of an album, and um, Benny the Bouncer from uh, Brain Salad Surgery. It's on the deluxe print. It's um, just after Still You Turn Me On and just before Carnival 9, First Impression. It is the... I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Every album, every band has its um, uh, uh, Sgt. Pepper moment. And this is their Sgt. Pepper moment for me. And it's so... Um, it's so like Maxwell's Silverham. It's it's so crazy. It's, it's so um, off the wall and nutsoid. And, and it's so um, like just it's trying to be like a comic it's like he's playing a comic character like a bouncer it's like the um, um the genesis song it's like um when when peter gabriel does all the voices in um on um uh battle of epping forest it's just like that it's 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 it's, it's odd and wonderful and it makes me smile right so moving on from elp so he's He's done his ELP years. He's now moving his solo albums, okay? Now, this is where I think you guys might want to dabble your toes into his work um, because it's more it's it's more accessible if you're really worried about trying something a little bit too um, 
in your face. This first album, which I love and I've got on vinyl, and I bought it recently, another copy of it, um, a picture disc. Uh, this is Greg Lake's first album, just called Greg Lake with Gary Moore. Um, it is, uh, I think, one of the... Well, it's got a rather boring cover, to be honest with you, but... Um, Released on the 25th of September 1981, it's Hard Rock, 43 minutes. Greg Lake produced it with Alex Groob on Chrysalis Records. Um, now, it has Nuclear Attack. If anyone knows Gary Moore, Gary Moore's played Nuclear Attack quite a few times and a lot of his live stuff. And all his, um, his, I think he's re recorded it as well separately. But it's absolutely, it's a Gary Moore solo all over. It is a Gary Moore solo to the 10th degree and it even has a great solo in there mixed with, with Greg Lake um, it's fast, it's heavy, it's it's have hard rock, it's fun, it's so non-prog, it's wonderful, it's a complete contradiction to what he played for so many years back in the 70s um, it is uh, so I think, you know, do that grab that, if you want to try something a little bit light heart, if you want like um, Greg Lake Greg Lake Light then I'd go and get that, that particular album and that particular song Maneuvers. Now, Maneuvers. Um, again, not an album that I really enjoy. It's, you know, um, it got the bass player Tris Maggett on it, who was basically, he's been playing with him for a few years, and drummer Ted McKenna. He was from the Sensation Alex Harvey Band, who I love, and Roy Gallagher, who was a brilliant guitarist. So you imagine all those people you can get to play with him. It's, it's, it's quite amazing, really. Um, again, rather an 80s album. July 83, it was released, 44 minutes long. Greg Lake produced Chrysalis album on the label. Um, nothing, I wouldn't say that I enjoy it as much as um, it's more pop-flavoured, progressive sound, resembling that of Asia, basically. So if you like Asia it's, it, it, and you want to listen to something like that, then that's probably where you want to go. Um, it's got Ringo, you know, he sort of collaborated with Ringo Starr and his all-star band and The Who and um, Ian Anderson and at this particular time um, for the he did a benefiting to, uh, tour for the Teenage Cancer Trust uh, on this this particular tour. He also he raised a lot of money and did a lot of hard work for the National Centre of Missing and Exploited Children. So when you bought his albums, particularly that particular album, the money went towards that. That's pretty amazing, really. Um, now, track-wise off of it I'm going to say Haunted is my favourite which is towards the end of the second side um, It's You, you You've Got to Believe that's another great one it's very positive he was quite because he was very religious was Greg um, uh, very very um, um, pious I think is the word uh, and um, so he always was very had a lot of positive feelings in his music that's probably why he's a lot of church star music in his music as well um, of course, you then move on to you know Emerson, Lake, and Powell. Again, you know, I have this album on CD, and I don't remember the last time I played it, which is a crying shame because um, I, Cozy Powell, said before is one of the greatest drummers I've ever seen live, and one of the greatest drummers who ever lived. And of course, you've got you've got uh, Greg Lake and. Keith Emerson on the same album, right? It was released in uh, it was released in 26 May 1986, recorded in 85 86, um, produced by Greg Lake, uh, 42 minutes long, and on the Polydor label. Um, it, um, yeah, it's look, it, you've got typical typical ELP first side. It's three songs, you know. 9 minutes 10, 3 minutes 52 and 7 minutes 02, the score, learning the fly and a miracle, and side 2, uh, you know, mix and pieces. The, the, the definite the highlight for me is the song written, it's basically um, a wonderful play on Mars, the bringer of war, Gustav Holt's adaptation, Cozy Powell, Emerson Lake, and Emerson um, Lake wrote, um, wrote the uh, piece of music, but in write music. Gustav Holtz wrote the music, but they reinterpreted it. And it's one of my favourite pieces. When I was a kid, we used to sit down in assembly, Park Road Primary School in Hendon, and we would listen to, teachers always made us listen to one of the suites from um, Holtz, The Planets. And Mars was always one of my favourite ones. 
um, because it was so dramatic and so powerful and so I mean all dramatic but it was just like incredibly more dramatic with the timpani and everything um so yeah look I might revisit that now uh, as in memory of 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 the of the great man but not something that I um really tend to to go over so I will leave it at that one there honestly so you go and look at your catalogue. So my favourite ones, picks for me, as I said, you know, Lucky Man, Jerusalem, uh, Aquitarchus, that's another great one. I mean, it's, there's, there's just a, there's a, there's a, there's so many of them. Um, but if you want to start um, entry level and get yourself used to how he, his stuff, you know, try his first, his three solo albums. Um, they're easy to get. They're all on Spotify. Um, you can buy them cheaply these days on CD. The vinyls aren't hard to get hold of if you want to do it that way. You can watch them on YouTube. Um, it, you know, it does have Gary Moore and Go- Cozy Pal in there. So, you know, you've got familiar faces for you heavy metal nutters there that are, are going, Tony, why do you keep talking about this prog stuff? But it, it's just because it coincided today with, with the anniversary of his passing. So I'm going to leave it at that now, guys, because I'm going to go and, um, in fact, yes, I'm going to go and put on, I think I'm going to put on my stereo loudly, annoy my neighbours and play Tarkas, I think, followed by um, brain salad surgery. And then if I feel crazy enough, it feels so crazy, um, you English people so crazy, I'm going to put on some, um, I might put on uh, Trilogy. Mm. Well, you know what? I might even do Emerson, Lake, and Powell. Why not? Come on, let's just step out a bit and be out of our comfort zones and play something. You know, because a lot of the time with bands that are very important to you, when they change a member and then change, like the only band that's ever really happened to me that I really adored was when Yes became and uh, uh, Anderson, Bruford, Wakeman, and Howe. Um, what a what a mouthful, eh? Because it couldn't be called Yes, and that album is one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, it has a brother of mine, long lost brother of mine, on it. Uh, I haven't seen my my older brother Ronald for thirty one years. Could it be thirty one? No, more than thirty one. Sorry, I apologise. I was eleven. Thirty eight years. Um, and so, for me, uh, when I listen to that song, it brings back very big emotions. But as I said, I'm wandering off sidetrack here. Um, go and enjoy the albums. God bless you, Greg. I hope you're there playing up there with your heroes. I'll be up there with Keith now, banging out some heavy, heavy tunes um, and annoying all those um, <laughs> all those rock and roll stars that don't understand you and your immense passion for music um, in every way it plays. So I actually feel quite teary now thinking about it. So um, I'm going to go now. So I'll talk to you next week. Uh, oh, by the way, um, while I've got you, sorry, quickly, quickly. So Christmas week, so from the, I think it's the 19th to the to Boxing Day, I won't be doing a show, uh, my full-length show. I'm going to do seven, ten-minute shows like I did last year. It'll be called Tone, uh, Heavy Metal Tones Adventure, uh, the play on word Advent, see? Um, and it will be a rundown of my top albums, singles and events maybe gigs as well of the year just gone um i usually do something like that on new year's eve but i thought this is a much this will be more ad- me apt because i think new year's is a sunday so i'm gonna it means the episode i do goes afterwards i might still do that but um let's do this i'm gonna do my rundown of 2022 so seven ten minute or so minute hour um shows which will which will launch daily um, into your into whatever medium you're listening to. Also, while I've got you guys, I'm getting really good numbers, brilliant feedback. But could I please get some someone out there? I'd love you to go into jump into Spotify in your app at the top where you've got the little cog wheel. Click on there and hit the stars and give me some stars because the more people, the more stars I get, um, like five stars, four stars. It doesn't even matter if it's one star. I don't care if I've really pissed you off. Um, the more interaction I get. Um, the more people listen to my show and the more um, the wider this wonderful medium of ours can be spread so that's enough of me of a shameless advertising and whoring for for like me like me please like me Um, anyway 
that's that for this week. Go and listen to some fantastic, fantastic, intelligent and interesting music. And do come to my page and let me know. Come to Heavy Metal Tones Facebook page and let me know uh, what you think of it. Anyway, bye for now. Bye, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.